yeah. what you do. Hey, John, can you turn that music off? I don't know where it's going. Dude, we're live. I can't just that shit on, dude. John, what the hell? School just playing tricks on the young one. Oh, John. Watch, I'll, I'll it, like 10 minutes into the show, I'll push the button again so it plays that song again. <laughs> and blame him? I don't give a- yeah, yeah, yeah. He, let's see if he comes back. Brian, good to have you back. How was your Sunday? It was amazing. What did you do? That- oh, look at your hair. You're all tightened up. Yeah, I did the Halloween and then I got, you know, got rid of the hair. It was, it was bothering me. Look at the people are coming straight at you. Seems like John's predicts are most accurate. Well, he's actually done an analysis, a thorough breakdown of that, and I'll let him uh, talk about it when he gets on here. Is, is uh, on hell right? Is on hell right? Yeah, I would say yes and no. Uh, that, that's what John. I mean, I, he literally just called me. He shared me this document and called me, and he said, "I thought I killed you, but when I actually did the analysis, it ended up a lot uh, to be very close." Okay, look at I just scared him away. Look at my wife just sent me a text. Good luck tonight. I'm headed home. Thanks, baby. Okay. Oh, much better. What were we listening to? So that definitely wasn't me. What are you talking about? That music. How do you know? Because I got all, I X'd this and it kept, it didn't play anymore. I just can't believe you listen to that kind of, I thought thought you listened to Christian rap or some shit. You look square (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) All right. What were we talking about? Brian's beard adds five pounds to your snatch. To his snatch, your mom's Brian's beard adds five pounds to your mom's snatch. This guy at my gym told me that if I shave my beard, I'll lose all my power. So I just trimmed it up. <laughs> What's up, Jamal? How you doing, brother? That's a great name, Jamal Smith. Jordan Fallon, another great name. Just being Renee, cool. Uh, finally getting a chance to watch live from Australia. Love your work, Sevon. Thank you. Uh, we are here to do the rogue invitational <laughs> recap that happened over the weekend. Um, just to give you a recap of, uh, of what I think about it, the uh, our numbers were about a third of the coverage that we did for the games, meaning between YouTube and Spotify, we had triple the viewers on this measly, measly podcast with only 9,000 subscribers. Um, but but we had one third the the traffic that we got uh, when we covered the games when Brian was fired from the games team and we did ad hoc. <laughs> um, w- what's cool about this coverage, you guys, just to give you a little background, is this is once again this is just Brian. Are you and I saying that to- that John reduces our popularity by two thirds? <laughs> yes, oh, yes. No, no. Thank you. It's what it's one of the many correlates. Um. Uh, John is a, a guy that I met Brian on Instagram. Uh, Brian met uh, John on Instagram. Um, we're just three dudes, and uh, but they're they're geeks, and I'm cool, and um, they know about game stuff. <laughs> and so, about a you couple, know, days, you know, you're cool when you have to tell people you're cool. Yes, and uh, and so a couple of days before the games, about before the games, we we got our kind of like thought we were going to do something. And the same thing happened with Rogue. We just work well under pressure. And you guys, that just shows you how shitty the rest of the coverage is because you fucking knuckleheads. Even though my mom told me not to yell at the fans, the the listeners, you fucking knuckleheads, tune in. All right, that's enough of that. We've ninety four people listening. That's about as high as we're going to get. Um. 
do we want to just take this from the top and just go for, uh, do, or John, do you want to give an overview of your analysis right away when you were gone um, on hell was saying that um, your predictions were better than Brian's. I, I don't really give a fuck about that. <laughs> Whose were better. Um, but, 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 but that she seems to, or he seems to. So how did that play out? Um, so the women's podium, mine was definitely better. I had Annie getting second and everybody laughed at me for it. And, that came true, so I'm very proud of that pick. Good job. Who um, laughed at who laughed at you for that? I uh, Sevon said it was ridiculous, and you <clears throat> were about to say that. You didn't say it. You're po- more politically correct than Sevon, but well, you were thing. thinking the same thing. Yeah, we should and we should clarify these were predictions we made prior to knowing the workouts. Yeah. And after the workouts, we didn't like go on here and, and revisit them, but uh in the morning chocolate preview I did, I had moved her all the way up to third. I thought that the workout favored her really well. He did. He did. And so, I predicted right before we went, whatever workout she won, right before we ran off, I predicted Annie to win that. But that was like, I forget if that was meant five or six, but I'm like, Annie's going to win this. But I'm shit. I thought Emma Carey and Travis Mayer were going to win the events. I will also say this. John also said that he knew that that was a risky pick with Annie. Like he knew that he was being a bit, he was romanticizing a bit, like, like feeling some nostalgia, nostalgia. Okay, go on, John. So you got, uh, you got Tia and Annie, correct? Who did you have third? And then uh, I had Laura getting third and she ended up getting uh, fourth. And I had Haley fifth and she ended up getting fifth and Gabby was third. And I had Gabby, um, Sixth, I think. So I got three out of the top five for the women and the other two I was very close on. Um, Brian was not on his podium, but he did pick the rest of the women better um, as far as uh, six through 20. His Brian, what are you doing? Are you sanding down the bumps on your penis? What are you doing under the table there? I'll show you in a sec. All right. His picks were more accurate than mine, six through 20 for the women, but it ended up coming out. We were both... Uh, the exact same accurate if you took all 20 women would actually happen in our predictions. We were off the exact same amount. And my premium was that. And then for uh, the minute, it was kind of – You guys, please hate on Brian in the YouTube comments. I have never had any issues with the audio. I've always thought you guys are a bunch of pansies. Oh, look, he muted himself. Damn. Um, can I say this? I think we're all happy with the winners. Outside of like, like how cool is it that Gabriella Magawa took third? I know Brian's excited. I know Brian likes her like on a personal level. And, I'm, and, and I know he's thought um, she's been promising for a long time. I think he even worked out with her once. Didn't you work out with her and Kristoff and the team? I did. Yeah. Uh, like uh, it was their last training session before the games, their last full training day. And I think the only reason why we interviewed her on the podcast was because Brian was pushing it. Brian's done that with a few people. Lazard, um, Jukic, I know he likes. But so so we got to be happy with that. It's a little disappointing. Well, it's cool that Laura took fourth. Maybe maybe then we can get her on the show again. If she would have won this, we'd never get her on the fucking show again. So that's kind of cool. Whenever we did predictions, Brian had Gabby fourth. And I did not have the balls to put her that high. And I even said it on the podcast. I was like, I love it. I do not have faith to do it myself and it came about right i mean she over she exceeded expectations she got third so that was a really really good pick on his part tia claire toomey got more than twice the amount of points as catcher and doter <laughs> i don't know what to say to that that's just math i'm just good at math i just know numbers 300 goes into 625 more than twice uh and and then how about the men? 
How did you guys do over there? Um, dudes? The men, you want you want it, Brian? No, no, you you did all this work. You can explain it. So the men were a little bit of the opposite. I had Madero's third, um, which after about event two, I knew that was not gonna come true. Madero's killed it. Uh, and Brian had him second. He had Valner first. I had Valner first, and Valner came second. I had BKG third. Um, uh, you had BKG second. I had, Madero, I had BKG third. I had BKG second and Madero's third. And Brian had BKG third and Madero's second. So Brian's podium ended up being better than mine, even though they are like they're around the same people. His podium, his picks were closer than mine. And then the rest of the men, um, four through 20, I had better picks than Brian did. What did Adler do with the games? Uh, he got 11th. So are you guys surprised with Adler at third? I mean, I had him fifth. I thought he would do really good. I didn't think he would get third. But Did he beat Gee at the games? No. No. He was 13th at the games. 13th. Right behind Travis Mayer. Um, Justin Medeiros got more points than Tia. Do you have any thoughts on that? He had does, a that tell us, Tia. does that tell us anything? Or, or we can't compare. Is it? Is it, you just can't compare the two? It's just. It's just different events. I mean, we've well, already said the. Uh, it's actually significant, I think, because in general, I feel like the the men's field has always been deeper. So it's hard. It's going to be harder to score more points because there's more guys that are likely to come up in any given event and take points away from the eventual winner. And on the women's side, usually this is actually probably the worst I've done in terms of a predictions for the women, usually it's a, it's pretty easy to predict the, the women's field. Um, and there's a pretty drastic noticeable difference from heat one to heat two. And I would say that was still the case for majority of the events this weekend. Sometimes there was one athlete in the early heat that ended up being really good, but, for, but most of the times from the second heat were better. So it's, that's actually pretty, pretty substantial. And if you look at Justin's weekend, I mean, he had everything inside the top five. Um, and, and Tia didn't do that, which was pretty, you know, unexpected. I'm not so, you know, I don't know what level of preparation she put in. And I didn't even know that a, a certain level of, of lack of preparation would allow someone to be this competitive with her as Annie was. But we, you know, we talked about this a day or two ago is that she has some balance in terms of her off season where she's also pursuing another Olympic sport. Um, I love the way you couch that. We talked about that in the in the in the show when you were gone. I tried to give John credit for it, but he he passed it off to you. That she has balance, not that it's a distraction, not that she's fucking up, not that she's lost her way, but she has balance. It's just beautiful. You're a good dude, Brian. There's a lot of different ways you could you could slice that one. So in general, I would say that this is a good. Um, this is a that's actually. A, I'm glad that you brought up that point. You know, he had a great a great competition, and actually on the men's side, you know what we're what we're seeing here. Um, we can talk about this a little if we want. Is really him and Pat have they uh, were clearly better than everyone else this weekend? Okay, well, this, someone made a fucking comment that this this could be. Let's just study Brian's stoic face as I read this comment. Ready? Where is it? Where is it? Here we goes. Here here it is. This is an interesting one. Annie was better than Velner. Who okay. is this person? <laughs> Where do you live? I'm just curious what like what what's the criteria that you're basing that on? It might be true. It's not. 
Vellner had 565 and Annie had 560. Uh, is that how you tell who did better or who was closer to the winner? Um, you could well, that's what I'm saying. Well, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying is like it's just it's kind of a ambiguous claim, and it's a and it's also mostly irrelevant. How do you how do you think just by 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 God I shouldn't use this word? Okay, woke people enjoy this one. Um, how, how, just on based on what you saw and what you feel, who do you think did better, Annie or Velner? I don't think you can compare the men to the women. Okay, I think it's easy for someone to say that Annie was better than Velner because Annie was in the lead at one point and it, like fairly late into the competition, five of the seven events gone, she was in the lead. She was only five points out of the lead going into the final event. Whereas even though Vellner was like pretty much locked into second from the midway point of the competition, he wasn't ever threatening for the lead the same way Annie was. Yeah, that that's kind of how I take it too. I, I, I thought Annie had a, 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 a better chance. Did y'all see Sammy was Katrin's coach this weekend? It was said in Fraser's latest video. No, as opposed to who? Ben Bergeron? Thank you, Kat- Dylee, for Yeah, Katrin le- has left uh, the comp train team. Tell us more. Really? We're all, we're all ears. Yeah, I think she's moving back to Iceland, and she's going to just um, be coached by Yami along with Annie and and those guys over there. She sees how good Annie's doing. Wants a piece of it. Yeah, I think it's you know, I'm not I'm not 100 sure on and that she's moving back there. I'm just speculating that. I think she's been spending more time over there. Her daughter's got starting to or her um, sister's starting to have kids. So she, you know, I think she likes spending time with them. She's been over here in the States for like six or seven years. She's been working with Ben closely for that time period. That's a pretty long time period. My guess is that it's nothing bad. It's just, you know, time for a change in her life. Tomorrow I'm having, having Emma, John, I'm having Emily Abbott on at 7 a.m. Pacific standard time. And I called Brian this evening and I was like, Hey Brian, we're, we're not, it's not going to be any games talk. It's just going to be like vulva and vagina talk pretty much the whole time. So I'm going to take this on. Brian's like, yo, 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 yo. I did an article on the morning chalk up about Emily Abbott. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking it's going to, and we talked about for that for two hours and that was basically the whole thing. So I'm dying to see this article that Brian wrote about Emily Abbott, vulvas and vagina. By the way, she, she uses the word pussy. Well, it was published like 10, 12 months ago. And I'm excited to see it. Oh, just, just, just like, okay. yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying so to excited big, that he hasn't gone to see it. Yet. I was trying to, I was trying to big dig Brian and he's just like, do you know what a Perry is? And, um, in boxing, it's like when you knock the person's hand away. Like we like, still haven't figured out what a pinner is. <laughs> pinner, just tiny, tiny. Brian was a pinner in high school before, you know, now he's not. Now he's all swollen shit. Um, it, it, going back to Katrin here, is she, is that announced anywhere? Is there any drama about that? Does it like, like, so who's over there? It was her, uh, Bergeron had her, Chandler Smith and Cole Sager. Is so, so is and that Samuel Quant? Okay. And they all had moved there this year. <clears throat> Sam Quant, I think, is moving back to Washington now. Harry Paley, who'd been one of their primary coaches for a long time, is no longer with CompTrain. And now their premier athlete in Katrin is also leaving to go, you know, like I said, move on in her life. I, you know, Chandler Smith to me is like he's a he's a rogue agent type of guy. He could go wherever he pleases. He's got roots with training think tank. He's got roots with mayhem. He could, you know, he's got roots with the army team. He could, you know, he's he's used to being on the road. So I don't know how long he'll stay up in New England, but this is pretty significant. Comp train has been a mainstay in terms of, you know, games champions, podium threats, and regular, um, you know, podium athletes in all the competitions they go to. Going back even before Katrin to when he had Michelle Latonja and Chris Spieler, like 
there he has a good pedigree of of getting athletes or maintaining athlete success at a high level and it seems like there's there's a transition going on with underdogs coming up with mayhem starting to recruit more and more athletes and now with comptrain losing their biggest most recognizable and most successful athlete that they've ever had uh it'll be you know it'll be interesting to see where they decide to go well fraser was comp trained too he was for a, yeah for a year or two he was with ben no the year the first year he won huh uh I, the little bit i've hung out with ben at the games and when i had him on the podcast man he's fucking easy to hang out with he's is amanda, amanda still good ryan she's still comp trained as far as i know but you know i think her and sam quant both had been coached had been harry. being coached by harry who's no longer with them yeah. so i'm not i'm not entirely <laughs> sure about her wow that's really interesting do these things normally go in cycles is this just like another like you know well, this academy was a new thing um that they were doing and i mean it came crumbling down pretty quickly it did not last very long what do you mean it's over he's like he launched an academy and it's done i mean if 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 harry or i guess i should say academy what's what's, what's harry's last name pally oh what word do they call it brian a uh, camp I think they were uh, advertising it as the Comp Train Acad- Academy, and they were planning to create an environment for athletes to come and live and train uh, for you know different periods of time. I'm looking him up on Instagram. How do you spell, spell his last name? P A L L E Y. Do you guys know Harry Mack, the rapper? You have yeah. to see him. You have to see. Is he him. the guy who was singing that song earlier? Uh, no that that song that was coming from. Um, John. Uh, yeah, John's computer yeah, from, from me apparently. Yeah. Clean it up, buddy. I genuinely uh, was freaking out because I did not know where that was coming from. And I was like, this, this can't be from me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna follow this guy, Harry, Harry Pally, and see if see what I see. He actually would be a fun guy to interview. He's basically Comptrain's head coach, other than Ben Bergeron, like their head. Guy. Not anymore, but he was for a long time. I know, but I'm saying, but with Comp Train, he was their head guy, other than Ben Bergeron, and they split up their athletes. Amanda and Sam were always under him. When Sam got second, Harry was his coach. Oh, hey, dude, he's the. Oh, okay, and he was with Quant at the games. And Aroma, see, that's what John just said. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I'm just looking at the. Sorry, he's a redhead. Someone did I tell you this is where I was opening earlier, by the way. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Came in the mail today? Yeah. God, you're like a little kid. You couldn't wait till the show's over. You had to open it on the Se- show. Second place gets a blue Frisbee. It's a Frisbee golf trophy. Third place. I don't want to claim third, anything third place, above, above what I achieved. Did you feel, did you, did it suck for you not being there this week, Brian? Were you like kind of pissed? Like, did you have any, like, what's that called? What's FOMO stand for? Fear of missing out. Yeah. Did you have that? <sighs> no. No. I was enjoying the weekend. <laughs> The only uh, time I the only time I was like, oh man, it was a couple people messaged me that uh, who were there internationally who I haven't seen in a while, and I was like, man, it, it would have been nice to catch up with that that person, this person, like Miko Salo. No, like Snorri. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who does Snorri? Is Snorri the one that has Sarah Sigmund's duder? He does. Yeah, I just had to just be like, I yeah. I, I just got to just got to go around Snorri. We got to have Snorri on the show so he treats us better. He treats me great. Oh, damn it. I've never met him. 
Um, event number one was on Friday morning uh, at, uh, well, for them it was afternoon. I wonder if that's what, if the allergies kicked in right away. I have three or four people now telling me that it was no joke. Um, and, and, and we know we have more than, um, just hearsay. You know, we saw Patrick Bellner was a mess when we interviewed him. Um, what, what do you, what do you guys think about event number one? Uh, the go ruck, were, were there any events that you guys just hated that you thought just, Hey, this, that was, that didn't belong. I wouldn't say that any event individually didn't belong. We could, you know, you, we could talk about the totality of the programming and and how it's biased, but that's also something that, you know, as competitions evolve, this is only the second time they've had a live event. I don't think we can really consider the, um, the, the virtual competition as like what we should expect from rogue. But after the 2000, if you look at 2019, you look at 2021, you know, if you're going to the rogue invitational, you kind of know what you're getting into at this point. And it's the same with the other big ones too. Dubai is always a little bit more endurance biased and Wadapalooza usually is very highly skilled. And Rogue is a little strength biased. It, it, they fit, it's kind of funny because those are the three biggest competitions and those are the three areas of CrossFit as far as like big areas of CrossFit to specialize in. Hey, I just want to say, because this guy's laughing about the allergies. The allergies in Austin are 100% a real thing. When I moved down there to play collegiate soccer, I had to get a steroid shot in my ass. Nothing else was working and that actually did work, but it was brutal. Yeah, go, go watch our podcast with Vellner. He lives on an island in Canada, and he was dying. Was he not, Sevon? He was a wreck. He was, after day, he, he after was day a, one. He was a snotty wreck. It was like interviewing an old man. The only person that might have been okay, even if he had a, an allergic reaction, would be Mertens, and that's because I think he could do anything he wants he, to set his mind to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Do, anything we want to say about event number one, any surprises there, anything like you don't, don't feel obligated to say something. There's seven events. I'm sure we're going to like really dig into some. So don't, or say like the, the first event was when you see a go ruck event, that's not what you think of a go ruck event. There was really, there was no running. The movements were almost all irrelevant other than the last two or three rope climbs. Um, and so it was, you know, oh, there's running wave up the hill or whatever, but the sandbags, but it was, there should have been like 800 meters in between. Instead of a hill, be like three hill and backs. Yeah, there's no reason that they couldn't have had him run around the perimeter of the entire baseball field and made the made some other element of the event a little bit more substantial than than just those that second half of the rope climbs. If you really, because if you really look at the programming, there were zero long endurance events. Their longest event was a muscle fatigue workout. It was not. But we're making the presupposition that it needs that, right? I mean, it's obviously their event. Like, what if they're like, "Hey, fuck you," and I didn't look. That's they're, fine. Yeah, they're the we talk about it, you know, and there's significant data to back up the fact that this is a very strength biased programming. When you when you when you get to the end of the weekend, um, nine of the ten men, with the exception being Andre Hudea, withdrew from the competition. Who finished in the top ten of the Bella Complex? Finished in the top ten overall on the weekend. Seven of the seven of the ten women who won who finished in the top ten on Bella Complex finished in the top ten on the weekend. The four athletes who did not place in the top ten on the lifting event that did crack the top ten coming to the end of the weekend, you could probably guess them before I even tell them to you. For the men, it was BKG, who's amazing at everything else. Haley Adams, Kristen Holta, and Carrie Pierce. Locks like Maine stays in the top ten no matter what the competition is, but they're not going to excel in the lifting competition. 
when you and then you know obviously people like Tia and Justin and Pat we know they're going to be up there no matter what but it's really when you look at the the next the six through ten spots on the men's side or maybe even the five through ten spots and you have Guy Travis Mayer Jason Hopper Chandler Smith Alexander Caron you know Guy obviously did well at the games but those other four guys were well outside the top ten and three of those. Uh, two of those guys, Hopper was 19th, Chandler Smith was 21st, Caron 24th at the games, and suddenly they're placing inside the top 10 because it wasn't just that lifting event. Besides the Bella Complex, the last workout came down to the snatch, and there were five odd object strength elements throughout program, you know, scattered throughout the workouts. And so when you get to the end and you suddenly look back and see that the top 10 finishers overall re- reflect very closely the top 10 on that lifting complex, you can, you know, it's a pretty strong correlate that, uh, that strength was was what was featured here at Rogue, but that but again, that's not surprising. That's what they do. Bam, uh, the, the go rocket that that's basically just a backpack that holds weights nicely, so they don't flop around inside the backpack. Yeah, I mean that's what it looked like, right? Someone explain that to me. It's just a backpack, right? Yeah, yes. with weight in it, <laughs> and and like I'm guessing the weights. Just, it's so so it's a weight vest for your back. I mean, honestly, like I'm just looking at the event and I, I didn't, I did not enjoy that event for some reason. I mean, I didn't dis, I didn't, di- I mean, I like, I, I felt like it was too slow. And unfortunately I've been spoiled because of what they used to do in Carson when they would run up over the, that, the, that thing, you know, at the top of the stadium oh, but, and then yeah, run down the stairs. I really, yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was obviously incredible, but think about other events that have featured rocker weight fest, even at 2019 rogue, they had event one go rock. It was called, but you had rope climbs, only three of them run 800 meters, throw five sandbags over hay bales, carry a heavy sandbag run for 800 meters, I think it was. Then you had to drag it to the finish line. There were a lot of places in that workout where you could make up time or lose time instead of just being stuck or not stuck on the last couple rope climbs. And if they did run more in that workout, they wouldn't have struggled as much as they did with the with the last set of rope climbs. It'd be more about who could climb the rope fast rather than who – um, paced correctly because of muscle fatigue. Um, J- Jamal, did Dan Marino never win a Super Bowl? Nope. Holy shit, crazy! Well, he bought his team, his team, Isotoner gloves. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy that Jamal Smith knows that that John Young and Jamal Smith know who Dan Marino is. I mean, <laughs> old fuckers. I'm pretty nerdy when it comes to most sports. Um, I really enjoyed the. Uh, Bella Complex. By the way, that was a great observation, Brian. What you said about the Bella Complex, about the the how well people did in the top ten and how strong they were. I saw John just like fuck. I wish I would have said that. Pin up, pin up that comment by uh, Ant fourteen K. Okay, here we go. Oh no, he didn't pay anything. He can't get his up. Uh, Rogue event objective is not to crown the fittest with more endurance workout like the games. So the first half of this is what is is substantial. Is that Rogue is a showcase event. And part of what they're showcasing is their ability to make equipment, to build new things like the Modder Hill, to have the Zeus rig with the logs in it and do all this this stuff that only they can Are we do. just I mean, making that up or do we really know that? Do they say that? They don't make a claim when they go out there that say, we're going to find the fittest this weekend. They say this do is they say, hey, we're going to show off our building prowess? In our they don't have to. Our- it's pretty oh, okay. obvious that they're doing it. Okay. And they're using new implements like the jerry can and the new heavy sandbags to a platform. And they're, you know, they're always introducing stuff like the wheelbarrow. Um, you know, that's what they do. They're always pushing forward the sport by creating new implements that people can use and train with to test their fitness in various ways. The tests are still good. The workouts are still good. Obviously, we see that when you look at the, you know, look at the people that are finishing near the top or on the top, 
they're for the most part, and we're talking about top, you know, three or five, like they're for the most part are reflective of, um, of what, what we would expect. But there are some people that are doing much better at this competition. I mean, this is Chandler Smith's third time finishing in the top eight at Rogue, three for three, fourth, fifth, and eighth. He's never had a finish that good at the games. Actually, I think in uh, 2020 he might have, but that's like, it hardly counts. I think it was sixth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it was only seven events. Yeah, yeah. So where is so comparable to it doesn't count. Yeah. I'm going to ask a, 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 some people are going to think it's a dumb question. No, that's okay. Where's the crossover then? Is this a CrossFit event? Let's start there with the most obvious. Yeah, it's a CrossFit event. It's just not um, aiming to test for all around total fitness. It's just all around fitness with a strength bias, which you cannot claim the fittest person in the world doing that because you essentially take out all the endurance athletes. But if you weren't a if you weren't a um, CrossFit athlete, you, you'd still get smoked at this. So so those are the two <laughs> yes. ends of the thing. Yes. It's not a CrossFit event, but no one from the NFL, no fucking decathlete. It still is. Like, no one can beat these people. These are these people who showed up to here outside for some weirdos that didn't come, like Noah and Fakowski and whatever, and, and Bethany Shadburn. Like um, these were the best people for the job. There's no one better walking around on the planet. Yes. Okay, sir. Sure. It makes sense. And it's their event. Fuck it. I'm glad they do whatever they want. I thought that fucking hill was stupid. And then, and then it grew on me. And by the end of the event, I thought it was the smartest thing I'd ever seen. And so I, I would cool. argue divide is the same thing, but on the endurance side, would you agree with that, Brian? I've always said this, but I've never, I don't have any stats to back it up. Um, I think that, you know, Dubai developed a reputation like 2015, 16, 17 of just being this, <laughs> This brutal, grueling weekend with an excessive amount of events that were very difficult. They, they obviously had what you know, ocean events. The ocean was sometimes rough. Desert events. It's brutal running in the sand, and it was just compounding and really beating down the athletes. But at that time, there was no other event outside of the games that was offering as big a prize purse. So the athletes were enticed to go there. Plus, there were some. There's sometimes they could get some compensation for their travel or hotels or whatever, depending on their pedigree as an athlete coming in and Dubai has, has did establish a reputation of kind of finding athletes or having athletes who had success there before going on to have success at the games. Laura Horvath is probably the best example of that, that, that just comes to the top of my mind, but in the, you know, they didn't get to have a competition last year, but the last time they did have a competition, it wasn't as much of a beatdown. I think that they've, they've changed their ways a little bit um, and understanding that, you know, they want, they want athletes to continue to want to come there. And realize that in the totality of the season for them to come there, they can't beat them up in that way. But, and I don't know if I if I necessarily agree with this anymore, Jamal, because what's also happened is that Dubai went from being the highest paying off-season event, and now they're the third highest. The third, Well, they're still the third highest, but Wadapalooza and Rogue are offering bigger prize purses now. Uh, but just so you know, Jamal said, would you say Wadapalooza is the middle child between Rogue and Dubai? No, I think what he's saying by middle child is it is the blend. And he could correct me if he wants. It's the blend of the endurance and the heavy. I don't think he meant in terms of the prize money, at least, at least if I was contextualizing it between what you guys are talking about. Hey, okay. So um, uh, before we move on to, to event two um, or, or event three, um, the, 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 the other element that I hear you guys talk about a lot is that um, the number of events, 
There's no no one does 15 events, right? No one even does comes close, and that's a whole nother reason why everything's different than the games. Um, Dubai does 10 ish, 10 to 12. <clears throat> so is that why Christoph said that if they that, that he thinks athletes avoid uh Dubai? I'm paraphrasing because it fucking is just a f- beatdown. It's a more of a beatdown than Rogue is for sure, and probably Waterpalooza too. No one wants to do two games in a year. Well, they uh, used to do when it was the second highest paying day. But no, now. and then look, there's still going to be a you know a, a several very high level athletes at Dubai this year. Like people still want to go there. They still want to have that opportunity to either you know. I think that you know it's also like a destination thing. If you haven't been there before and you get an opportunity to go, and especially if you don't have to do a qualifier to get there. You know, that's like, it's that's enticing. It's <laughs> um, anything you want to say about the uh, Bella event? Um, either of you, I thought it was an um, amazing event. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, it's basically just, it, it's all those events we've ever seen before. That's like a max snatch match, max clean, max clean and jerk, max jerk, whatever. But, but the, the complex version of it and dope. And yeah. And if you're thinking never about been like- done before, right? Uh, they had they did have a that exact lift as a competition earlier in the season, right, John? Yeah, and Taylor Williamson was the highest for the women. She got two forty five, and Tia that, did two sixty. I think that was some uh, Instagram competition, right? Um, yeah, I mean they they okay. send that challenge out to everybody, but we've never seen that at the games. We've never seen that at Wadapalooza. We've never seen that at Dubai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. I think it's so cool. Anything you want to say about it, Brian? Do you guys like it? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good – if you're going to have a max strength event, it's fine. I mean, we saw some really big lifts and impressive – it was fun to watch. Yeah, I got, I, you know, I don't mind having a max lifting event in the programming. Um, I don't – you know, I would raise – like, if, the, if that event is so closely mirroring the eventual results at the end of the competition – then maybe you say the rest of the events don't balance it out that well. Is like that's possible, but all as you need is one endurance event. That's all you need, and everything's balanced out. <laughs> more, yeah, one endurance event or one really heavy gymnastics, you know, skewed event, or maybe one of each of those that was things. Yeah, no, I mean, you, it, it's more it fair than a, a, a one rep snatch event, though, right? I put them on the same pl- same playing field. It's a one rep max of some sort of lifting, whether it's a complex or not, the strongest people in the clean and jerk would win are the strongest people at the Bella complex. Just cause you put a different name on it and it looks a little different. It, the strongest people are the strongest people. What is the bear complex? That's, that's deadlift, hang clean, deadlift, power clean, hang clean, overhead, back squat, front squat, thruster. What the fuck is that one? Did you hear um did you hear Tia's interview at the end of the competition, Seven? I did. And do you hear she was like, you know, this is a competition where I have the opportunity to test my fitness and to test my strength. <laughs> I what I what I glommed on to, that's interesting. I what I what I uh, focused on was when she said it's to get experience. And and, and basically what, experience, she did say yeah, that. Yes. When she was done, I was like, wow, I, I got some really good vibes from her, but she said absolutely fucking nothing, and she did that on purpose. You're really liking this comment you have pinned up there. Uh, it up yeah, there for a long oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll go back to the one it's where so, it says, Brian so is smart. Sorry. <laughs> It's just so rare to have such a nice compliment about yourself. It does. It is. Uh, I, I. So, so, what, what was your point in regards to that? In regards to what she said? 
What were you going to follow it up with? No, it's just like, I think that she, she recognized and, and I feel like in that case at the end of the weekend, like those athletes, they're, they're hanging out all weekend and they're talking, whatever. I think that they probably understand that that is what's being tested here. Which is what, which is what? It's strength. Okay. Strength and fitness, but. There's a great comment here. How about this? Uh, something about ghee. Here we go by Jeffrey Birchfield. Bam. Because oh. it's not. An and Olympic. he did win. And he did win with no, a strength he, bias. You would think he, but he won the strength event. He won both okay. strength whole, events. He's okay. talking about the whole competition. Yeah. No, no. I mean, look. There's st- like like Saban just just articulated. Fitness is still being tested, and the guys that beat him. Are you know are are fitter than him and also strong because it's a CrossFit event. Yeah, and you look. I mean, look at his event finishes. It's very similar to what we saw at the games. A couple event wins go a long way. You know, if he doesn't have those two home runs, if he doesn't have those three home runs at the games, he's finishing three to five spots lower in both competitions. But both the games and Rogue had a couple competitions that were perfect for him he capitalized on him he didn't miss any any lifts when he couldn't afford to i mean you could screw up that last event even if you're the strongest guy he didn't and um and that you know like i said we know fukowski showed this, showed us to this in 2016 you could win four events and basically get last in four events and you can end up fourth at the games and this me and Sevon talked about that earlier when we talked about the last event because i had gi ranked so low i did not expect there to be two home runs for him I didn't expect the last event to just be who is the strongest one or the fastest, fastest, fast twitch or the most fast twitch fiber guy. I thought it would be another middle of the pack workout and he'd have one home run and one bad event, which would make him three or four spots lower than he is. Let this person, uh, Kevin, know that Amanda Barnhart did finish in the top 10. She was 10th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, The echo bike. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I would have never thought I would have enjoyed it. You guys told me it was going to be a good event and you guys were right. That was cool. So, Hey, Matt Fraser gave, uh, more credence to Hopper's new nickname. The machine. Yeah. Uh, and a YouTube video, I think he was recapping day two. He said he put him through an echo bike workout and he had never seen numbers like that before. Just like how I said on the rower when he said his 2k time. Um, so that just gives more. Credibility to that nickname. Jason the Machine Hopper. It's done. It's done. We gave it to him. He's he's it's in stone. Uh, anything you guys want to say about that event? It's it, I, I that wasn't my that I, I that's not in my top two favorite events. Um, my top two favorite events were the Bella Complex and the final event. But um, John said that that was his favorite event, right, John? Yep. Brian, do you have a favorite event? I mean, I know it was a busy weekend with you for Frisbee and shit and and whatever else you do on your weekends, but did you get a chance to pick a favorite event? Um, I actually think that the event that I that I enjoyed the most was the one that I was least excited to to start the weekend, which was the Concept 2 event. And I liked it because there were each of the elements could potentially factor into the workout come the end of the workout. Huh. I liked it because it was four rounds and you got to see them like run race. You got to see them race. You got to yeah. see people pull yeah. ahead on the ski and push it a little harder. You got to see people who could cycle the GHG faster. You got to see people who took a risk and ran up the hill harder. And you got to see how that played out over four rounds. Yeah, it was a fun, that was a fun race to watch. And it was, 
the way and there were times when they've showed uh, enough of the field that you could actually get a good feel for what was happening on the competition floor. Definitely could tell when people were demoralized or like let off the gas chasing people. And I thought that was neat. Yeah. The, the two things that we talked about um, when we recapped that event was that we did see uh Vellner catch Medeiros on the first hill run and on the second run, he didn't try that stunt. And then we saw in the uh, women's um, fourth round. No. Yeah. Fourth round. I think it was Gabriella Magawa was on Tia's tail and Tia ran around the pylon at the top of the hill. And Gabriella Magawa just stopped basically and walked around the pylon and let her go. And I think Gabriella still got second in that workout. Is that correct? What, uh, what event number are we talking about? Event four. She took third. Yeah, I think uh, there was a, the winner came Tia. out of the first heat. Haley okay, Adams. yeah, Haley Adams. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Damn, Haley's good. Damn, Haley's good. By the way, that podcast we did with her, the the fucking numbers are skyrocketing. That it, it's like it's trending to be our most popular podcast outside of Rich or. Oh, so that's a, that's showing a opposite correlate of having John on the show. Why was he in that? Was did you do that show with me, John? I think so. Oh. Right. Maybe Fuck. not. Sorry. I can go back and edit him out. Um, event number – anything else you guys want to say about that, uh, event number four? I think the GHGs were much more valuable than we originally thought on that. If you look at the two winners, they were the two people that were the fastest and most snappiest at the GHGs. And they actually made time on people in the GHGs. I know we talk about Velner rolling the ball and how he's losing uh, half a second every rep. But watch if you watch Haley's GHGs and Justin's GHGs, they almost look exactly the same. They have super flexible backs. Um, the seat is all the way back, so their butt is on top of the seat, and they are just flying. And they make up a lot of time on people on the GHD, not necessarily the skier. And then they're both pretty good runners. And and at this point, when we get to that halfway point here in the fourth. Did we, we at this point we thought that um, Velner could still win? Although we we everyone was like Medeiros and, and Tia were doing great, we thought that Velner could still win, and and the Annie dream was like really alive. Do you want to talk about Velner real fast? Yeah, please, please, or maybe not it. so fast. No, no, I, I, I yeah, I want to talk about him because what's weird is is like for some reason I, I don't I I'm not re, I, I just don't get on the Velner train, but then when I talk to him. In person, like I, I started just wanting him to win the whole weekend. Like he's sitting there at dinner, he's blowing his nose. Like soon, it was, it was he's just—he's got his yeah. kid there, his family yeah, there. He's entertaining them. He's not going and resting between events. Yeah, he's a—he's he, a, he's a magic man. He's a magic man. Well, check this out. Event one, he beat Medeiros by twenty-five seconds. Event two, Medeiros outlifted him by ten pounds. You know you love this, John. <laughs> event three, Medeiros beat him by 10 seconds. Event four, Medeiros beat him by five seconds. Event five, Velner beat Medeiros by 11 seconds. Event six, Velner beat him by seven seconds. So going into the final, they'd, they'd gone back and forth, three for three on events. And obviously we saw what happened in the final. And I like to. Oh, I, I man, Brian, you're killing it. And I'd let, I, we couldn't talk about the final uh, when, when we get there. Um, but if you take if you trace this back to the games, they've competed in twenty two live competi- live events in competition, the games in Rogue, and head to head, the records eleven and eleven. It's really Ooh. it's really competitive between the two of them. Mm. But if you draw that out a little bit more, what you'll see is on the events that Medeiros has beaten Pat, 
79 men have come in between Medeiros and Pat over those 11 wins. On the events that Vellner's have beaten Medeiros, no M. Falwal, I'm getting there. On the events that Vellner has beaten Medeiros, only 32 men have come in between Vellner and Medeiros. So while head-to-head record is 11 to 11, when Medeiros is beating Vellner, it's by a more significant margin than when Vellner beats Medeiros. And under pretty much any scoring system or circumstance, unless it's just a direct head-to-head match, that's going to carry the, the, the guy to the win at the end of the competition, and that's why Justin's won both these events. Now, I think Brian thinks this is a field problem, and I think it's a Vellner problem. Well, before you go into that, what were 79 and 32, were those the numbers? 79 men between Medeiros and Vellner on the events that he's won, and only one time was Vellner the direct finisher behind him. So, you know, and and then Vellner's 11 wins against Medeiros head-to-head. Only 32 men were managed to come in between Vellner and Medeiros, and five of those 11 times, Medeiros was the next person to cross the finish line. Meaning third place. Or or, or whatever place Vellner got, Medeiros was right behind him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, dude, that is some Meaning, fascinating shit. Go, John. Yes. That in head to head events, they are tied, and everything that Vellner is really good at and better than Justin, Justin is like 1% less than him. Ah, the 1%. That Medeiros, that's what I'm telling everything, you. Everything that Medeiros is really good at, Vellner is like 5% less than him. It's a, I think it's a Vellner problem, not a field problem. Vellner needs to be better and closer to Justin in the places that he's not, rather than there needs to be more people get in between. Valner just to be Justin. clear, um, uh, I don't think Brian is saying it's a field problem, is he? He's just giving us the numbers to look at. He's just contextualizing it. What, he hasn't what I'm really made an saying excuse is, for Vellner yet. He, he could. No, no, what I'm really saying is, look, when, when Fraser retired last January, everyone started to say, well, what's going to happen on the men's side? Are we finally going to see people actually compete and contend for the podium? What ends up happening is that in at the last event, the final event at the games and at the Rogue Invitational, in a, a very different circumstances, but Medeiros basically crushed Vellner on that last event for one reason or another. And so the points gap by the end of the weekend looked much more significant than it actually was. Vellner was pretty close to him throughout most of the events, most of the competition in both cases, but he gave up like 50 points on the last event both times, whereas up to that point, he was only 30 points behind after 14 events or six events. And I completely agreed with Brian at the games, and I th- I think pretty sure we both thought Vellner was better, a fitter than Medeiros, even though Medeiros won, which is why we both had Vellner winning Rogue. And the, what Medeiros did during this competition, I've completely flipped. I think Medeiros is better than Vellner. And I, if the, even though they were close in every single event, it felt like Medeiros dominated this competition. If you look at their rankings and Medeiros' rankings, 2 3 2 1 2 5 3. That is dominance. And then compared to Vellner, and I won't even do the last event, I'll just say the events before that 1 8 5 2 1 4. The eight's the only outlier. The eight and the four. Okay. That's, I mean, mean the four four. is still top five. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll take the four out. The eight is the outlier, but that outlier is still there. I know. But if you switch that lifting event to the, if if you lift that lifting, if you switch a lifting event to a snatch event instead of a clean and jerk event, then he's probably in the top five and Justin's probably out of the top five. Hey, you could change the conversation and say, and Medeiros will beat him on that. Like, like you could say, if, if, if it doesn't matter, Medeiros is winning. And Vellner always has an outlier event. Uh, 
you could say top three, and then all of a sudden, Medeiros only has one out of the top three, and Vellner has one, two, three, four. So it, it's and kind of arbitrary. If you look at, uh, event three, event three, I think you're saying is close because they're ten seconds apart. In a sprint uh, event, they're not. That's not. No. I have. I had the only event that I think was a small margin between them was event six. No, wait. Which event are you talking about, uh, John? Because the the, the 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 amount of time that they win by is not necessarily indicative of a larger small margin of victory. For example, on the on the workout with the with the GHDs and the Concept Two skier and the hill run, Medeiros takes first, Velner takes second, and Medeiros only beat him by five seconds. But at no point in rounds three or four did I ever think that Velner was going to catch him. So I would I say that even it, though he only beat like him by came out of breakneck pace and was like, come follow me if you, if you dare. And Valner tried and then he backed off. Hey, the guy who took third, the guy who took third in event number five came 25 seconds after Valner. I mean, he wasn't even close. Which means that Vel- like, I'm sort of I'm defending Vellner. Like, like we, the, for all we know, Vellner could have even come in even faster because at some point when the person's that far behind you, it's like you don't give a fuck. Yeah, but and I'd also like to say that every time Vell- seconds. Th- say that again. I think you have to give credit to Justin then, because Justin's right there with him. Did you ever I, think and, that and Justin do, was going to win do, that? Work- I mean, There's going to beat Pat on that workout though. No, just like event four. Right. I, think, I mean, yeah. I think those are. I think those are even. And that's and same with event three. When I say that Justin's beat him by ten seconds, it sounds small, but you know, ten seconds on a sub two two minute event, two to three lot. minute event is a lot, and two people were able to come in between them. Vellner also has two first place victories, where uh, Medeiros only has one. And that, and and that was there something similar like that at the games? Did 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 Vellner have more higher finishes? Well, Madero said not won an event until the until the final, and but this is okay. Like this is what what's becoming his mo right now is I don't need to win events. He's the opposite of the Fakowski. Fakowski has these highs and these lows. Velner has, I mean, Madero's has no lows. And Fraser was this way in 2016. I think it's because he got the shot. I think he would have won this if he wasn't vaccinated. Um, what if Velner stops taking care of his credit card issues during competition and goes to sleep without entertaining his family? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fair, fair. Hey, but you know what? It could go the other way too. That could be with the saving grace for him. But who knows? Um, J- Justin is proof. Yeah, J- I mean, Justin is proof. You don't need to win every event. I mean, dude, J- it's, it's goddamn. Justin's good. Brony made a living on be good and then close work working for Madeiras. Uh, you don't feel like he he kind of, like he dominated this one, not like a Fraser dominance, but like he was going to win and nobody was going and Valner wasn't going to catch him. Did you not feel that way, Brian? Uh, no, I, I didn't feel that way until um event six, when when Valner wasn't able to gain any ground on him in that workout. Then I was like, nope. Once again, same as the games. Same. Th- it was the same thing with events thirteen and fourteen at the games. Even though Pat had made mistakes up to that point, I was like, these workouts are pretty good for him. If he can get some like, some guys in between him and Medeiros, he can make it close going into the final, but he wasn't able to do it. He did great, and Medeiros was right behind him, and that was exactly the same on event six. Because I agree with you for the most part completely and disregard the last event, event um, for the games especially, not so much for this rogue one, but – I, I get where you're, where you're coming from. If he didn't have that mistake, I think the weight should have been heavier. So 
every guy couldn't just touch and go 205 and you it wasn't an execution workout it was a little bit more strong <clears throat> i think that the biggest problem with the last workout was that the buy round was was very unnecessary and disadvantageous Det- detrimental yeah and, and especially on, yeah. especially on the men's side because in the men's side there were all, there were already two withdrawals so in the first round there were only 13 guys lifting and three were going to be eliminated and uh if um if not just if not just Valner, but also Jason Hopper, they had to sit there for an extra like twenty or thirty. Someone set up to thirty five extra minutes waiting to lift just in that dugout cold, and then go out there and cycle two hundred five with knowing that you had no margin for error. And in the second round, you're going against guys ten of the fifteen guys that are now competing with five spots being eliminated, um, that have already had a chance to to cycle through the event once. Had their opportunity to make mistakes. Some of those guys made mistakes in the first round, but it didn't. Lots, and were still able to. First round and he got yeah, they were still able to advance. Round. But now, by this time, the blood's flowing. The body's used to moving. You have some experience with doing that. You know, obviously, if some of the guys who had the buy and some of the women who had the buy were able to make it through, but five of the ten athletes who who had a buy: Velner, Hopper, Laura Horvath, Carrie Pierce, and Annie Thor's daughter, all looked pretty shaky on the snatch in the first time they did it and all of them except for Horvath ended up being eliminated immediately. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow morning with Emily Abbott, the snatch, right? 7 a.m. Pacific standard time. The vulva. Uh, Did you want to respond to that, John? No, I I agree. I agree completely. I don't think having the first round by was advantageous at all. I do. course you of course you don't because you're a fucking pundit ask any of those five people they're glad as fuck they didn't have to do it i no they're not i talked to two of them about it and they both would have rather have not had the buy who can you tell us who yeah, it was Hopper and Vel. <laughs> oh yeah yeah fuck those no, guys i watched hey. snatch and in the first snatch look no one's ever said that looked so out of balance and i know 205 is not heavy for him and I agree. I think if they wouldn't win the first round, they would have gotten through. Or if they didn't have to sit in the dugout for the extra 20 minutes, but they could have gone in the back and continued to warm up and had a similar amount of time before taking the floor as the guys who did the first day. No, the answer to this is no. Most of the, I would, I if I had to bet money, I'd say most of those people are not vaccinated. I would say most of them are, but not all of them. I would say most of them are not. Um, uh, I want to talk about event number um, five on the women's side. Uh, Tia got six. It's the deadlift um, <clears throat> pull-up event, and Annie Thor's daughter got first. Any surprise there? That Annie got first or Tia got sixth? Yeah, you both, yes. Yes. Um, I would say not that Annie got first. She smoked this wow. event in 2019 over everybody, including Tia, and she did the same thing this time. So I expected Annie to get first. I'm pretty sure Brian did too. Um, I did expect to get first. I didn't. I forgot that because Carolyn Prevo was doing so poorly in the competition overall. I didn't like even get, give a second thought to it. But she is one of the best deadlifters in the world. I mean, she's just broken her own record for for the road. Two, yeah, yeah, she go ahead, go ahead. she broke her own record for the road, road record breakers max two twenty five deadlifts in whatever it is two minutes or three minutes. Um, so you know, if you're looking at Tia, didn't place. What'd Wait, into- Carolyn Prevo did that? Yeah, she got like yeah. 52 reps, I think, in two minutes. But she I'm probably did. 67, she probably- I think it was. Six- no. Dude, check. Go, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I heard someone say 67. I'm, it was no, Chase. So. Okay. 
Maybe 57. 57. Hey, but listen to this. She, she probably has one of the weakest deadlifts out there, I bet. What's her Who? max deadlift? Who? Carolyn Prevo. It's probably significant. They're saying in the comments 67, John. Hey, what well, her she's not like strong. She's not that, <laughs> that's her that's her weakness. That's her weakness. Uh oh, it's a battle in the comments. They're going to war between 66 and 67. Uh Richard Henson's being smart. He's telling us what the previous record was 62. Hey, what's her 66.5? Someone's saying 66 and a half. Maybe I'm thinking of the men that got 52. She was dribbling Maybe that bar. Lower. She was dribbling that bar, but that that amazes me to hear this because I don't think I don't think she does a stronger deadlift than Tia or Annie or Gabriella or Laura. I don't know about Haley. Well, I, I mean, it's not uh, how strong are you workout; it's how can you cycle sixty percent of your max. Haley did very well in this workout, and Haley's deadlift is nowhere close to Tia's. And I think Haley beat Tia. Did she not? Yep, yeah, she did. Yeah, Haley beat Tia. Her deadlift is nowhere close to Tia. I mean, people, it's just how good can you do 60%? 69%. Sure. Um, so any surprise there between Tia and Annie? I look at the people who came in between them. I wasn't surprised that Annie won. You know, looking back on it, not surprised Carolyn Prevo did well on this workout. And then you have uh, Haley, Danielle Brandon, and uh, Kristen Holta. Um, and I would say, yes, I'm, I would have expected Tia to get third on that workout. There, There's some analysis there that John and I were talking about that's worth thinking about, maybe, Brian. Maybe we need your big old brain to think about it. That basically it says something about that weight relative to the field. Like if that was 235, would that have fucked up Carolyn Prevo and Haley Adams? Like is 225, like is that the sprint weight for these savages? I want to say, for the record, if Haley is watching this, it is Sevon saying this, not me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, there's the the. uh... (laughs) Get out! Get that out there. If you go, Julie Fouché was like the original example of an athlete like this. She did not have top end strength numbers to compete in one rep max events. But when it was this type of weight, like a cycling weight that was moderately heavy, she was amongst the best in the world at that time. Um, and Haley Adams is the new, the new age iteration of that type of athlete. We know where she finished in the Bella Complex, and we see where she finished in this workout. And so we understand that even though she doesn't have the top end strength when it comes to moving 80% of her one rep max, she's as good as anyone. And typically when you have people have a hard time getting stronger – and they are one of the more weaker ones, but they're at this level of fitness. They usually are better at cycling 80 to 90%. Catherine was the same way. Um, if they, if you have a hard time getting stronger, you're usually better at cycling. Moderately. Notice the past tense that he used there, Seva. Was, was the same way. Uh, thank oh, you. Do, do, do you guys know what Haley Adams max deadlift is? No. I think in the total she did 315, maybe more. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think that's normal for people too. I think it's normal for people, especially who like aren't aren't the super strong people. Like if your max is, it, when my max was three fifteen, <laughs> that was also my seven rep max too. Like like I was just, what's your max deadlift, Brian? You got a weak ass deadlift, don't you? Yep. And how? What is it? <laughs> Have you done three hundred? Yes. 
<laughs> and 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 what what's your max? Just tell us. Three sixty five. Oh shit! There you go, Brian. Holy shit! And Brian, was it a one rep or did you do it more than once? Once, and I I haven't actually attempted to go above three fifteen since that, since that. That was probably two or th- three years ago. Did you hurt yourself? No, I I I just don't like deadlifting heavy. Yeah, just you're a smart dude. You are smart. Someone else say he's smart so I can post that again. <clears throat> um, there was this a, a comment up here that I wanted to post. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. Does Andy have any chance to beat Tia in Madison? No, not. I mean, but she thinks she does now, which is important. I don't know about that. I, I mean. It's one of these things like it could go either way. And and the competitor in her obviously should embrace that mentality. But on the flip side of it, it's it, it's, it reminds me of what Vel, what happened to Velner with Fraser at Rogue in 2019. There was only a two-day competition then. He was ahead of Fraser going into the la- second day of competition. And on the second day of competition, Fraser finished second, first, first, second. And Velner finished ninth, fifth, eleventh, third. And so Fraser basically said um, – when 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 push comes to shove, I'm gonna do what I need to do to win. And Tia clearly did that on the last two events, and that can be, you know, like I said, she should embrace the fact that she thinks she can beat her. But to me, what is what this really showed is that even a less than optimal Tia still has what it takes to beat the entire field. Well, so so that's interesting. You, uh, so you guys are basically saying she, I don't think that that's what happened here. I don't think she is less than optimal. I don't think she is distracted from um, uh, bobsledding. I don't think any of that. I think that we just saw a fucking fantastic show on Annie's part, and that it's seven events, and that it's rogue bias, and just what all those other factors are, and who's there and who's not there. But I, I give all the credit to Annie until I see otherwise. Um, when I see comments like this, Mal O'Brien in two two thousand twenty three. What I think is, is that like one of these fucking savages or, or, or six of the seven of these new savages here are going to be basically the, the, the Scott Pancheks of the women's division. Someone <laughs> like, is going to rise. What? You know, Tia's not going to stay around forever. She yeah, probably, and then one of these chicks is going to rise and the others are just going to be just like supporting maybe, characters. Maybe. Or we could have a period of time because as close as it's been between Medeiros and Vellner in certain aspects, there's a huge age gap there. So Valner's going to disappear next year, uh, the year after. It's going to go away. It's going to be all the new kids. And the that's what's going to happen on the women's side because Laura Horvath, Gabby Magawa, Haley Adams, Emma Carey, and Mel O'Brien are all going to be relevant podium threats for the next five to eight years if they want to be. Longer? No, he's he's offended. John's offended by the comment, 485. <laughs> I think John's max deadlift is 575. Is your max deadlift 575? I don't know what my max deadlift is. I, I'm going to do it this week, though, which is fun. You've probably. done over 500 pounds, John? Yeah. I don't like to max it very often either, though. But uh, I think the most done is 525. Holy but shit. But I'm pretty positive. It's I haven't. That was like two years ago. And then, you couldn't even You couldn't even test your max at my house unless you put, like, Maybe if you used all my bars, taped them all together. <laughs> um, there was another interesting comment in here. You just have Go each ahead. one of your kids sit on the on the bar on the weights, right? Uh, was Annie actually peeking here? I don't know stuff like that. That's over my head. 
Doesn't Mal have Lyme disease? What? Is that true? Is there truth to that? Does Wednesday Adams have Lyme disease? Because that's what you were inferring the other day. Who's Wednesday Adams? The Adams family. Oh, 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 yeah. Is that her name in the show, Wednesday? Yeah. Oh. Uh, thought of Emma Lawson's competing in Dubai in the women individual. I think Emma, no, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll come back to that. We let's keep going through these events. We're on a roll. Uh, so, so that was the mule. We talked about the deadlift. Anything else you guys want to mention there in the men's in the men's category? Um, I mean, I want to Are say surprised? I was surprised by Justin, but. I mean, Ryan's right. He he called that that Justin would be good at that, and I uh, I did not think he'd be that close to Vellner. Well, look, I mean, I think that people are getting the wrong impression of when I'm comparing um, <laughs> Vellner and Maderos here. I'm not taking anything away from Justin. If anything, I'm saying is that we have the, we actually have a good competition on the men's side, and it's actually been closer than the final standing show in terms of the points gaps because of what's happened on the last event. But this this is exactly the thing. Medeiros has proven through these events that he's not bad at anything right now. He hasn't he hasn't given away anything, whether regardless of what anyone else in the field has done. And so we look at these and we're like, I don't know, I don't know. And the answer keeps being like, well, now we do know. He's got it all right now. And the only thing he's weak at is uh, maybe a strict press. And he went and hired a bodybuilding coach to work on his shoulders for a whole year. That was the only thing he's ever been weak at was that strict press in 2020. Uh, Vellner, too modest during competition. He's opening the doors and giving kisses on the cheek. Instead, he needs to slap some asses and go for the kill. I think there's a killer in there. I think he's going for the kill. I think that boy has a switch. Um, that I think that boy has a switch. Uh, he, yeah, he, do, he definitely does. Do you guys want to talk about Laura Horvath and her handstand push-ups at all? Like if you watch that event, I think that Chase – Ingram, you know, pretty much nails it. He's, you know, it's like that is, if you're not good at that, like you can practice it, but there's only so much improvement you're going to make. And I think that if anything that we've learned from Laura is that that is, that is true. And it's not, you know, I don't hold it against her not anymore that she's bad at that. It's the one thing that she's not good at. And she's probably never going to be great at it. I think Brian's using that as an excuse to not work on his handstand push up. I am working on them, but I don't ever (laughs) expect them to be great. I, I think I think she expects hers to get better. That's why she's at the games. I think they would have been better by now if she did. Uh, mm, interesting. Um, the chipper event number six. Let's just address to- this about Daniel Brandon real quick. Yeah, sure. We projected her eleventh and twelfth, and she finished twelfth. So we were pretty much spot on with her. Next question. Yep. She she told she told Brian she whispered into Brian's ear that she was going to get eleventh or twelfth. Um, uh, uh, the chipper events. Uh, we're, now we're going into the final day, and uh, Tia and Annie are neck and neck. Uh, the women are basically, I want to say, stealing the show. Um, well, it's pretty much um, Velner and Maderos, and that's all you can, and that's all the. Was actually, you know, I put up three. Pull- was go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Put Vellner's up- the only hope in the men's division for for crying out loud. He kind of is. I, He's I, kind of the, the. Who would have ever thought that 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 um that that we'd be talking about the men this way with, with Tia in the women's division? But but and, that's why I gave Annie MVP for the event, like hands down. 
I used to th- could think BKG would be up there too, but I agree with Brian. I think Patrick and Justin have separated themselves on their own playing field, and it's just a who's who's going to beat who in that field, and then there's everybody else can fight for third. Dude, but I, that's still exciting, um, more exciting than it has been. I think I think uh, Fikowski would have done that. I, but, I, know, I keep thinking of Rogan. I keep forgetting. Yeah, Fikowski. yeah. But, but, what did but you I, say? What did you say about Fikowski? You think if he was there, he would have won this event? No, no. But I think he would have been. I think he would have done well on majority of the workouts and gotten in between Velner and Medeiros. As good as as consistent as Medeiros is, though, I don't think Fikowski would be able to give him a run because there's always going to be a workout that Fikowski anatomically is not. Event six. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and but everything like, else, it should have been less than good. less than Laura, less than Annie, even. But I just think that there's always going to be an event like that, and Justin will not be bad at that, and Vikowski will be. It's not necessarily his fault. So I I still say Velner and Justin are in the field of their own. It might be just Vikowski in between everybody else and those two. Vikowski, I sent him a DM asking if he'd come on the show. Did I tell you that, Brian? Yeah. And I told you I sent him a message that was much more subtle. Oh. Adler, Adler's been getting fitter. If he like what? Hey, what months. kind of toilet paper do you use? Or, hey, dude, how's the weather up there? I said, think hey? you could have beaten Velner on event one. Oh, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> um, going into the final day, I put up three polls on Instagram. One was who's gonna who's rogue champion, Tia or Annie? And the vote was 52-48. So it was basically a split. Which is I a little said, ridiculous, I think. I put, I put up, yeah, but you know, people voting with their heart and and what they wanted to see and the excitement of actually having someone who could win besides Tia. And then I put up a uh, third place, Gabby or Laura, and it was a 50, 50 split exactly on the voting. And then I put up third place Adler or Hopper and Hopper got nearly 70% of the vote. <laughs> I don't, people are just not paying attention to the scoreboard. <laughs> no, they're not paying attention to the events. They thought it was pretty obvious that he was going to struggle on event six and probably fall out of that conversation. Um, and obviously people didn't know, we didn't know what event seven was at that time, but that's also, I think is just a testament to, you know, people vote, voting with their hearts. Jason Hopper has gotten a lot of love and attention and conversation this year. He had a really good start to this competition. He kind of limped to the finish line with three consecutive 14 place finishes, which I want to talk about when we get to the final event, by the way. And then, um, and then, you know, Adler's just, he's not as well known and, you know, yes, he, he won the open one year. He's had some good performances, but he's not a very outspoken and, and a great, a gregarious guy. You know, he's just very much minds his own business, gets to work and does his thing. And um, he's kind of a quiet personality, but this was a great competition for him. And I thought it was, kind of, I was surprised. I thought more people would be on Adler than Hopper going in the final day. Who do you, who do you guys think offhand, Brian who? Cause he, he, Adler? Cause he, I know he's crazy strong, but he always looks smaller than I, like feel that he is, but what is his, do you know his height and weight offhand? I think he's, I think he's actually like a, a almost <laughs> ideal. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, not that one. This one. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh shit. Why is that so funny? Cause we know it's true. Oh shit. 
Now, Fikowski would have brought his pills. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. This That's a great comment, though. He would have slept in a mask or had something available to him. Yeah. Adler's listed at 5'9", 195. Oh, so he's... Okay. Just normal size, normal crossfitty size. Yeah, he's pretty He's pretty dense. Yeah. So the, the lowest person that took first place, um, the lowest ranked person at the end of the day who took first place in the men's division was Jason Hopper. He finished in sixth place, and he, he has a first place finish in event number three. Then Travis Mayer finished above him, and Jeffrey Adler finished above him, but they're the only people who didn't have first place finishes. Now here's the part that's like, that, that could I wonder if it's troublesome for Guy. Guy has is only one of two guys who has first place finishes, and he took fifth. Multiple here's, first place finishes. And the implications of that are that he has some real and, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but he has some real holes. Yeah. And that's the like thing. real holes. Like like he, like like, like, holes, re- like he might not make it past the semifinal holes. I mean, that's not good. Well, his he, holes are the holes zone, that are easiest so. to fix. Okay. Well, that's good. What'd you say, Brian? His holes should be the holes that are easiest to fix. And that is? Uh, long, long, going long. My only, I agree with you, but I'll caveat that with the stronger you are, the more extreme side you are, it is harder to get that cardio side. I know cardio is easier to get than strength. Way easier. It's way less time. But the more extreme you are on one side, the harder it is to get good at the other. It speaks like a man who knows from experience. Right. <laughs> Spencer Probably. Hendel in 2015 is the example of this. That I mean, was consistently it's, winning it's, events at the games and kind of, kind of pushed past about 10th. Spent an entire year working on being better at exactly that type of thing and ends up with a fifth place finish. But Spencer Hendel was not complexing. 367. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like, know if anyone dude, was. I, I, know that I, event. I agree with you, but it is harder the stronger you are. And he is so good on that extreme. And he probably should keep it. Because is that he, true what he's saying? Is that true what John's saying? <sighs> the stronger not, you are, the harder harder it is to, to build Metcon? Is that what you're saying? For, for I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, the more the more fast twitch you are, it's harder to build slow twitch. Peg Peg mess Melissa's comment. You're right, but there's that's why there's only been one Matt Fraser. If it was oh, that easy, damn, you're good. John. Everybody would have an engine like Briggs. They're all training to have amazing engines. Why is it, why are people fitter than others? Because it's easier for others than Mr. That, Fraser. That, Fraser hey, and Tia are one that, out of a billion. That event that Guy took 19th in, you know why he didn't take 20th? Because there weren't 20 competitors for that event. He took fucking last place, dude. Yeah. But he was only three seconds behind Ben Smith. There you go. Oh, That's a very optimistic way to look at it. Oh, man. Ben Smith hey, dude, you. if he would have lost, and he lost to Jason Smith. Jason Smith is fucking one year away from taking him back, taking him to the glue factory. And, Sorry, Jason. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, hold on. buddy. I, I wanna, know you're on the show. I love you. I, love I want you. to add one more thing to uh, Melissa. Um, I know this for a fact. In 2015, Fraser ran a mile four times, and he said it was one of the only times he ever ran a mile, and it was 5.05. And that was when he sucked at cardio. 5.05 mile. That is why there's only one Matt Fraser. Yeah, that's crazy. BJ, you're high. Who's BJ? Brian. No, BJ. There's no someone BJ. in the comments. 
Oh, oh, oh. Haley Adams needs a new coach. Yeah, you are high, BJ. Fraser wasn't good at. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you want to say about before we go to this final event, which was one of my most favorite events? Um, I immediately uh, text Dave and I said, dude, it sucks that event seven is the best event in the history of CrossFit competitions because I know you'll never do it because someone else thought of it before you. Um, but but John disagrees with me. He doesn't think it's the best competition in the history of CrossFit events. Do you have any thoughts, Brian, before we dig into it? And uh, I want to say a huge flaw that um, that that Rogue made in that event. Huge flaw. Go on. Go ahead. Okay, the pedestal. The pedestal did not need a tabletop on it. I'm going to actually text Bill this today tonight um the 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 that 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 it should have just been a pedestal like the old school strongman for the stones yeah yeah it should just be like a cylindrical thing because that table fucks some of those chicks up did you see how close laura horvett's bag was to falling off in the second to last round well gee's bag was close to falling off every round and it never did (laughs) but other than that I, i was i was so excited about that event i was like and what would have so- happened if they crossed the finish line and looked back and their bag was on the ground? <laughs> oh, it didn't Keep happen, sh- but it could have happened. It, I, feel sharp like it no rep. I feel like you have to put it on the, it can't fall off. Even what if it falls off after you've crossed the line? I, I think it has to stay on the <laughs> I wonder if they had a rule about that. Um, anyway, the concept of the event was very good. I, I think that, I mean, I already said it. I think that the buy was completely unnecessary. I think it was a huge disadvantage for those athletes. And I also think that the, you know, input, oh, I mentioned earlier about Hopper. He finished the competition with three 14th place finishes. The way he got those 14th place finishes just doesn't sit that well with me. He told me that he did what he considered to be an, his best and perfect execution of event number six, which was going to be a tough event for him with 60 strict hand, hand push-ups and 30 ring muscle-ups weighing at 220 and being that big. And he said, he, you know, if you look at the scoreboard, he was actually within like seven seconds of three or four other guys. And he knew that. And he was pushing on the row. He just couldn't close the gap. He said he, he was really happy with his execution there and proud of that 14th. When you look at his 14th place finish in the next event, he basically had to do nothing to earn the same number of points. He could have just walked on the floor and done nothing and gotten the same number of points as spending six, nearly 17 minutes executing a very difficult workout perfectly to maximize his points in that workout. Um, man, he was one second behind Udis. Oldis. Wow. And he was seven seconds from uh, 11th in uh, event six. And event six was the chipper. Damn. Yeah. And Brian, what was, what did you preface all of that with that? You don't, you don't like the way he's thinking about these events. You don't think he's pushing himself hard enough or what you, you don't think his expectations. No, no, no. Are, That's no, not what oh. said at all. No, it's hardly listening, but, but, but I want to, but I want to know. No, I'm just saying so, like, I, I didn't, I just really didn't like the buy in that event. And I thought it, it took a, like, I didn't think it was necessary. There are only 20 athletes. The heat only takes one minute. Why give them that by the first round? No, you're no, first- sorry. Before you go here, tell me, about, but, but you were talking about these three 14 place finishes and you prefaced that with something. 
I thought you prefaced that with you didn't like Jason taking that or you didn't like his response to that. No, you didn't do any. Okay. I know. I was just saying that the way that he got, that he earned those points. I mean, you're, if you're finishing 14th, you're still earning those points by beating certain guys. And he had to work hard to get those points in events five and six, even though it's not a lot of points, even though it doesn't look that great on the leaderboard, he had to maximize his, his potential as a, you know, as a guy who was just like John said about Fukowski was biomechanically at a disadvantage in those workouts. He did as good as he could right now on those. And he was proud okay. of those. Okay. You get to the final event. He gets a buy. So he's immediately the worst he can do is 15th and he gets 14th. He, ba- he basically had to do nothing at all in the workout to earn the same number of points that he had to bust his ass and execute perfectly on a 17 minute workout to earn those points in, in the earlier event that day. And you could say, well, he earned those points by getting there in the, you know, in the other six events, I guess, but that, you know, I don't know. I just, it, something didn't feel right about it to me. I don't know. I don't know why they needed to buy. Um, those times that they have on event seven, are those their fastest times? Do you guys know? Um, ask that again. What are you- so, so if you look at event seven, um, and, and you no, 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 at- there there's, those are the times in the round that they were eliminated. Okay. I've actually gone through and, and, and listed out every person's time from every, um, round and done and i'm doing a little analysis and i'm going to write an article about this if specific event you look at the like the Ambrose, for, quant and Madero's were all the three fastest right every time not so much on quant but Madero's was very consistent at 54 um in this in the first round that Madero's competed he was he was fifth fastest in the second round he was second fastest to gi in the third round he was third fastest to gi and quant yeah but if you look at like here's a good example um, Chandler Smith in the first round was at 105.74, and he advanced through that round. In the second round, Velner was 104.87 and didn't advance through that round. Chandler Smith improved by uh, over a second in the first round, from the second first round to the second round, and it still wasn't good enough to advance. If Velner would have improved by a similar margin, and we could actually probably assume that he would have improved by more than that because uh, he was he was probably not going to miss a snatch a second time through. I think that in the case of him, and look, in the case of Haley Adams, she's not strong enough to cycle that weight for squat snatches. But in the Brian case of... That. Brian said that. Brian said that. But in the case of Velner and Hopper, we know that they are, and they just missed it. And I can't really fault them for missing it after sitting in the dugout for 35 minutes. Like, that's that's pretty brutal. Um, I, I get what you're saying, but does it does it matter with Velner? Uh, in terms of what he was not going to beat Medeiros, none of he even if he didn't miss that snatch, it would have been maybe a minute. Like at the rate he was moving, I don't. No, think no, but I'm saying I want all the athletes to have the same opportunity in the workout. But it, it, I'm just saying it didn't. It didn't I agree with and, you. And while it some people the maybe they're game. painting the picture and say no, it's a, it's an advantage. They had to do it one less time, and I would say. That would be an advantage if the rounds were immediately following each other, but there were 10 minutes between every round. You were completely fresh and reset by then. Those athletes can recover and do a one-minute workout 10 minutes later as many times as you want them to. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. And if guys have to sit in the dugout and go for, you know, wait f- so, somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes, depending on their if heat one or heat three of the first round, and those other guys, those five guys have to wait 35 minutes, which is the number that I've been told by those athletes. Maybe they're ex- exaggerating it was 25 or 30 minutes. But I actually did it. I actually wrote down all this. That's what I'm saying. If the weight was 225, you could afford to make a mistake. 
If you look at the women's, Carrie Pierce missed her first snatch. I think Daniel Brandon missed her first snatch in one event, in one of the heats, and they still got through like easily. Like it wasn't close because a lot of the women were having trouble with the sandbag or slash the weight, and the men, everybody could do it. Everybody could do it. But this also goes to the 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 bigger picture, which is that there's greater depth on the men's field in general. So you're gonna you know you're gonna have more separation on something like that in the women's field. I think. Is this comment, John is right, love this event, but it was more about execution. Is that supposed to say, and it was, John is right, love this event, and it was more about execution? What's this button reference to? Is is it? I bad think he's trying to say is, it's more is, about, about execution than fitness. Is what ability. Ability. Or ability. Yeah. And is that bad? No, there are events like that at the games, too. I mean, we saw okay. like the Hanson obstacle course. You had to execute that event well. The the squat cleans in event six and seven. You had to be very strategic yeah, about how hard you ran. I don't well, think the last event of the competition, though. Look how strong this this statement is. Richard Henson, not letting guys use their fitness to decide the winner doesn't make any sense in a CrossFit competition. Man, I don't I oh man, I, I, I really see what he's saying. But if that's the case, then let's just fucking hook these guys up to electrodes and figure it out like you know what I mean? Like no, no, no. There is 100%. Handle- this guy, uh, someone, Andres, says execution is a part of fitness, and it's it definitely is. You know, you, we can go back all the way to the first <clears throat> times that we or, saw. Or is squat- it a part of competition also? Sorry, Brian, finish that thought. Finish that thought. Sorry. Well, yeah, it's a part of fitness, and it's definitely a part of competition. And sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to risk it for the points. But in this case, I don't think that was – that was what was going on. It's not like Felder and Hopper were risking it going for that rep. They knew they had to do that. But coming off of 30 minutes sitting in the dugout doing nothing, like why was that something that like that's yeah. you know, and and some people say, like, oh no, no, well, in all competitions, they have to get in this corral and stay there for this amount of time before they take the floor. But that's true for everyone that's doing that event at the same time. In this case, it wasn't. There were five guys and five women who had to wait for twice as much time before going to do that event in that dugout without having a chance to touch a barbell or warm up. They were told they couldn't touch the barbell. They couldn't do any warm up reps. And they were given at least 10 extra to 15 extra. Why does anyone give a fuck if what they're doing over there on the side? As long as they're not fucking popping SARMs, like what well, does I think give a shit what they're know, doing? I don't even give a shit if they're doing that. Like let them warm up. Like, 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 let them i mean i agree with that i want to see the athletes do their best on the competition floor i think that those yeah. men and women that were given the bye were get were put in a position where we did not get to see their best in the first round and that might have been the case for everyone in the first round it's just that they were then going against 10 people who'd already had one crack at it and they didn't and the fact that they already had one crack at it didn't make them any more tired it actually warmed them up in a way that those athletes didn't get a chance to do I'll uh, respond to this comment. You can't have it as one of the middle events because some people work more than the others. Guillermo and Samuel Quant did more work than... But that's happened at the games when they've had the squat clean ladders, the clean and jerk ladders, the squat snatch ladders as middle events. Yeah, I agree with both. I I agree with John. And it goes way back. You can remember Rich Froning in 2014 or 13 when they did the squat clean ladder, and he ended up 21st out of 20, and he had to sit there and watch because he failed to execute when it mattered. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, John, John, we totally agree. We're just so you know, we're just we're happy that Bill and Katie do this. They can do whatever the fuck they want. If they wanted to just make it one big sand hill, and 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 you know, we shoot rubber bullets at them and see last man standing. We'd watch the shit and commentate on it. You're right. We we know that. We we discussed that in the beginning. Um, we're just we're just having fun with it. We're just talking about it. 
Uh, Brian is too smart, man. I agree. Too smart. Too smart. Uh, so, so um, there was hope in a dream that Annie was going to bring this um, home. And what was really cool is even though she went into the final event down by five points, it was really a tie because what she had done was she had won. Um, she had taken first place in two events. And all she had, and, and T had only taken first place in one event, which means if there was a tie, it would it would it would go to um it would go to Annie. Annie would win it. So as long as Annie beat her by one place, Annie would have been the rogue champion. And we didn't get that. And 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 actually, um, it, she took thirteenth. I mean, she did she did really bad. And going back to what Brian said to describe Hopper, I mean, she got the buy. I mean, she only did two places better than if she would have just sat out and like hung out with her kid. And she struggled with the bag. So if she would have struggled with the bag in the first round and still got enough got it in enough time to get past she probably would have improved in the rounds after that her time her even as poorly as she did in that round her time of 120.03 would have beaten five women from the first round so she could have had that opportunity to screw it up learn from oh he is too smart people sorry brian go ahead that's good shit and then corrected it in the second round and we had um you know some other wow, that's a strong case that's a strong point what are you they... <laughs> what are you referring to and then what, I, wait, hold what on, Brian is basically hold. saying that if she if she if she if she would have got to go first she she might have she would have fucked up and still qualified for the next round but she would have known her fuck up and, we, and, and yeah oh you did say the oh, same thing he just doesn't oh, have all oh. these numbers right in front of him oh, oh. but there's other athletes we can take katrin david's daughter for example she also had some execution errors in the first round she finished in 112 it was good enough to advance in the second round she improved by 10 seconds yeah, 10 well, seconds laura horvath uh from round two to three improved a ton i i'm just saying more... she improved by five seconds yes yeah, so you know and this is one of the things that it's gonna i'm gonna show in the article is that is that it wasn't every athlete, but some of the athletes um, had regression, and that could, you know, but it could come down to an, any number of factors at that point. But but a lot of athletes showed improvement from for their first round to their second round, and those, and then in the case of Annie Thor's daughter, Vellner, Hopper, uh, I think those are really the three that it's relevant for here. They didn't have a chance to do that because of the way that the event was structured. Um. Go ahead, John. Um, I agree with them. It's also their fault that they didn't execute, but I agree they are at kind of a disadvantage that they don't get lesser times to beat because of the buy. So it's just poorly set up. It's still on them, but they are at a slight disadvantage going into this workout. And and I mean, look, the the counter argument is, well, uh, Tia Toomey and uh, Gabby Magawa and Justin Medeiros and Jeffrey Adler had the same circumstances and they found a way to make it work. Yeah. Can I, can I move I the picture? It's still their fault, but they are at a slight disadvantage. Can I? So, uh, this guy just, this guy just said the Brian podcast with friends, Sevon and John, it makes me want to fucking move Brian out of the center now. Put me in the center. Where the fu- I, but I can't figure out how to I fucking like do that. Every single comment has misspelled my name. Oh, how do they spell your name? J O H N. Every single comment I see is J O N. You're just lucky. You're just lucky that they're talking about you. Dude, there's still people that spell Matt Fraser's name with two T's. With two T's, yeah. Yeah. 
It's really cool seeing that Tia is so good that she won five CrossFit and three Rogue Invitational in a row. She is the best. God, in 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 less than twelve hours, I'll be on this show talking about vagina with Emily Abbott. <laughs> does that does that mean we're done here? Truth. Uh, any sure, but let's the I, let's just talk about how great the event was and how lucky we are. We have it. Um, it, it's a it's a trip. I, I I do I do think that this rogue thing is is is. <laughs> I could say a million nice things about it, uh, but I do want to say one thing about it that um, jumped out at me, and, and, and I've been processing it. It is not an affiliate event, and it is. And I mentioned in the beginning that it, it, it our our numbers for covering it were one third of what the coverage we the the attention we got for the games, and that was when we just started the podcast. So I can only imagine next year what it's going to be like on this channel um, with the games. It's going to be fucking nuts, but. Um, this is a this is kind of a weird of it, it's kind of a weird event. It's um it, it is not the CrossFit Games because it doesn't have that sort of community piece to it. If the affiliates all went away tomorrow, CrossFit would vanish. Like like the CrossFit Games would vanish. Like those people who own those affiliates and those members who go to those gyms, they are what makes any of this possible. They're the ones. I mean, shit. You, I, I don't know why I'm telling you guys that. There's 384 of you right now. I'm guessing 380 of you aren't games competitors, and you're just people who work out an affiliate. So, um, I think this does something to the system, and I can't tell if it's positive or negative, but I think it also spoils the athletes. And what do I mean by that is that Rogue can fly all of these people out there and treat these guys really well. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, but it, I, I just, I just want to be aware of what's going on here. I just, I just I don't have a strong point to what I'm saying, but just some observations I wanted to uh, throw out there. I don't think it's bad, but just like, I don't think Halloween is bad, but yesterday my kids figured out what Twizzlers were and it changes the landscape of everything. It changes everything. And I'm done. All right. Do you guys have anything? It was a good competition. I enjoyed watching it. Mr. Friend. Um, besides the people that we've already talked about, I was very impressed with both Gabby McGow and Jeff Adler. And I also think that this was an extremely valuable weekend for both Mallory O'Brien and Emma Carey. And I know that Mal has gotten the better of her in two competitions, but you, you got to just stick with it. Both of them are going to be very relevant, and it eventually will happen where, where Emma beats Mal in a competition like this. And I think that both of the, like when I say that it's a good experience for them, like if you watch what happened to Mallory O'Brien on the last event, and she's getting these no reps on the snatches, and she had to deal with that, like those types of things happen in these in these environments. Um, and you just got to like, go back and learn from them and shake them off and get stronger. And I think that they're both incredibly impressive for their age and very mentally tough. And I expect them to, um, to continue to show up. I mean, at the start of the year, it was a huge surprise and now they almost seem like mainstays and that they belong on this stage with women that are 10 and you know, 15 years older than them. And it's, it's, it was, it's pretty cool to watch actually to watch both of them. Uh, it's Mal O'Brien getting those no reps. Uh, something i want to throw out there is she took 15th in that event which basically means like like you said that's the worst i mean since she got a buy that's the absolute worst she could have well, done, well she didn't right? get a buy oh she didn't no no oh no she i mean she she 
qualified through the first round and then she was 13 seconds worse in the second round but that's what i'm saying like oh the, okay the, the the raw numbers on that aren't necessarily reflective of like oh she did so much worse because she was tired from the first round that was i'm not sure why she was getting those no reps but you saw when she was leaving the competition floor that she was shaking her head and just clearly frustrated and talking about the deadlifts no the, the snatches in the second round of the last event she got a bunch of no reps in the dead in the mule too the, for the deadlifts <laughs> She was upset about that one as well. I'm following Jeffrey Adler now. <laughs> Get him on Adler. the show. At Adler Jeff, yeah. Get him on the show. He's Canadian. He's got to probably like ask someone. Hey, Canadians, he like, call, Canadian, call the Canadian the men's uh, men crushed it here, man. <laughs> They're really good at getting second and third. So I heard from the I heard at the Legends event. I <laughs> I heard that the Legends event, the judges were told not to no rep the Legends people, which I which I think is fair. <laughs> but just to give you like. They were told, hey. But then in the first, in the last round of the first work workout, Kalipa and Bailey started getting no reps so that Rich and Miko could win. Is that true? No. Oh. <laughs> like no, no reps for legends unless, unless we, we need to just make it, make sure that Rich and Miko win this one. Cause that'll be real fun. Yeah. They have to win. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, John and King Sevon. Your comments are so honest and hilarious. Um, noble uh i enjoyed you guys you guys are awesome did you guys see that the mayhem desert heat event has been postponed what uh okay. yeah there should be an article coming out about that tomorrow or the next day are there are there exact dates on that do you know what do you mean you know it's when? postponed indefinitely okay yeah so we don't know oh shit what happened do we know no no I didn't know it was postponed. I thought it was just canceled, but hopefully they'll be able to do it still. That's that's what postponed indefinitely means, canceled. Right? Yeah, it's not going to happen this year. Okay. Well, canceled. But you, and you know why but you, but I don't you, I, I don't I don't have any relevant details. The things I've heard are very vague and meaningless. Hmm. 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 I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Uh, tomorrow night, t- tomorrow we have, uh, Emily Abbott at 7am at 9am directly after Emily Abbott, um, t- talks. And we're going to be talking about a, a workshop she's doing on November 5th. I'm excited to have her on. She's going to, I think she, she's quite the powerful lady and she's going to say some fun stuff. Um, and then at 9am directly after that, we have Jason Hopper on, um, he doesn't talk. So that'll just be me and Brian talking the whole time. And then uh, at 6 p.m. tomorrow, we're doing the news with James Hobart. And it looks like Kate Gordon is like on a like she's doing like some romantic getaway with her dude. So she might not be on the show. So I got to find someone to fill her spot. Then on Thursday. No, sorry. 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 guys. Hopper was right in the middle for us, Brian. You said 10th and I said 4th and you ended up 7th. Yeah. Hopper. Uh, uh oh look at this had to do with the uh the mayhem event had to do with the vax guaranteed fake covid news um uh um where am i here on on third on wednesday i'm having michael todd on um michael todd is you should go to his instagram account and check him out he's a fascinating guy a great athlete but who's really just pushed all of his fucking chips into arm wrestling he's one of the most successful professional arm wrestlers in the world and then on thursday Thursday morning. Oh shit! It says not yet confirmed. 
I have Ian Gary on. If you guys do not know who Ian Gary is, you need to look him up and you need to watch the video on him. Ian, please stop calling women chicks. Please. Please notice that neither er or your younger, smarter coast do it. Hey, Mission Bella, chicks, 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 chicks. Um, uh, they are. Um, I'm having Ian Gary on, UFC fighter from Ireland. He's seven and zero. He's going to be in, uh, on the card for US UFC two sixty eight. They're calling him the next Conor McGregor. You guys have to watch the short documentaries on him on YouTube. His name is Ian. Gary, I-A-N, and then G-A-R-R-Y. You don't even tell me why to stop calling them chicks. Do you hate birds? Are you a bird hater? What's wrong with calling them chicks? Tell me. Tell me. Write it up. Let me see. What's wrong with calling chicks chicks? You probably don't like dudes dudes. Can I call cowboys Just cowboys? watching the ticker of the number of viewers just go down one by one by one as you talk oh, about nice. this. <laughs> good, good. And uh, and then on on um, on – Friday the 5th, I'm having the chick from BirthFit come on. And and that's going to be awesome, too. All right, guys. You're both marvelous tonight. Thank you. Ask her about shaving. I will. Or lack of. Love you guys.